Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. You are listening to the Future of Work Water Cooler Conversations, where business leaders share how they integrate humanity and technology to create the workplace of today and tomorrow. This radio show and podcast is brought to you by the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center. We are your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Jen, first, good to see you. Hello, good to see you as well, Kyle. I am so excited today to be talking about all things fitness. Um, We just got done with a webinar um, for our local community about health and wellness, and I am more motivated than ever, which is surprising because it's February. But we have some amazing guests. We have three today to talk about health and wellness and how it will play a big role in the future of work. And also to share their entrepreneurial story, we have Drew Sinus, the owner of Team Up Health and Fitness, and Kelsey Gertz and Shelly Johnson, a mom and daughter team who own the Fit for Mom, Tempe, Chandler, and Gilbert franchise. So welcome, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. So we always like to start the show with just learning a little bit more about you and your background. Um, So kind of, we ask the same question every time. It's, where, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? And how did you get to where you are today? So, Drew, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. So I am from Sierra Vista, Arizona, small town uh, down south here locally. I was actually kind of raised my first five years of life in Wachuca City, which is a real small town. And then uh, moved to Tucson, grew up there. Kind of a wildcat fan, but uh, my grandfather <laughs> was a sun devil. So it's going to flip here. Um, see, my grandfather was on the first baseball, ASU baseball Sun Devil team ever, like in the 60s. So mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of uh, desire for me to go there. So I ended up moving up here to, to go to college. So that's how I ended up in, in the Phoenix area. And then uh, growing up, I played baseball. I was really good at like hitting the ball and really bad at running the bases. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was growing up, I don't know if you know, but like from sixth grade to seventh to eighth grade, the field like gets 40% bigger. And I just couldn't throw the ball from third base to first base. and I couldn't run to first base fast enough. So I got cut from the baseball team. And I was like, growing up thinking I was going to be a Boston Red Sox. Like that was my dream, right? So I was crushed as a freshman in high school. And uh, luckily, I pivoted to football, had a great college career, a junior college career in football. But that really just led me to a passion of fitness, because I felt like it was an unjust childhood to teach me how to play sports, but never teach me how to exercise or, or run to first base in time, or at least do the habits that would get me there. So that's kind of um, the short story of how I got to where I am today. That is so interesting that you bring that up because I have I have three kids. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. But my four-year-old actually plays hockey with Kyle's son. And he is like, he just seems like he's naturally inclined to sports more so than, than my older, but we went on a hike this weekend in Sedona and he has like zero endurance. And I was like, how, how do you build that muscle? Like how, like there is that exercise component. Like we're teaching him the fundamentals of sports and he plays soccer and hockey, but so true. Gives me something to think about. (laughs) All right. So Kelsey and Shelly, how about you guys? Yeah. Our story. Yeah. We we're from all over. So I don't know. This Origi- way should start with Shelly because yeah. she's my mom, right? So that makes more sense. <laughs> originally, originally, I was born in a small town in Nebraska, Wayne, Nebraska, and so was she. 
So I had her pretty at a pretty young age, and then we moved to Illinois, and I coached volleyball the whole time um, and played in college. And, um, and then we moved to Colorado again, coaching collegiate volleyball. And that's where she graduated high school. And then she went on to play volleyball. So you can see that athletics was, has always been, or activity has always been in our life. And I took maybe a couple of years off. I don't even know why I think career-wise it got in the way just from activity. And I told myself, I'm never going back to that feeling of not being able to do things like pick up a volleyball as it's rolling by me. Like it, it hurt. And so I was like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. So it took a lot to get out of that. But then, yeah, yeah. then you take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I played my college volleyball in Buffalo, New York. And then um, we both ended up, you know, here. found ourselves here in Phoenix. So that was 11 years ago. So we've been coaching volleyball together. Shelly recently retired from coaching, which is awesome. And she's got um, <laughs> school-age kiddos. Um my half siblings. So, or really siblings, but whatever. Right, but, uh, right. uh, so now we both found ourselves, um, I was in the corporate fitness arena. I was working for Boeing, um, running their onsite wellness programs for the, the site out in Mesa. I had my first baby, went back to work, got pregnant with my second baby and was like, I'm not sure if this, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, I ended up, uh, leaving my job there, which I absolutely adored, uh, great company to work for fantastic, uh, you know, leadership and everything there. We both found ourselves staying at home, still coaching volleyball. And then this opportunity for fit for mom kind of fell into our lap. And I was like, this Let's would be kind of this. fun to do together. So Let's do it. Yeah. So here we are 18 <laughs> months later and, and loving it. And, uh, yeah, that's what brought <laughs> us here, I suppose. <laughs> That's so cool. So we were chatting a little bit before the show that we have some overlapping connections. So Kyle's wife um, was a fitness instructor for Fit for Mom Queen Creek. And then she wrote to me and right after I had my second kid, she was like, oh, come try this. It'd be so fun. And I was like, ah, I was very scared because, you know, after not ex, I didn't exercise through my pregnancy. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And, but it was, it was such an amazing experience and just being with other moms who are in the same place and, and Kyle's wife is so um, inspirational and motivating. And we also were personal friends. So that helped me a little bit as well. Um, but it, it was just such a unique experience and it really did kickstart me like, okay, let's, Jen, let's get back on, on the train. Cause like you said, like, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be out of breath, like chasing my, my toddler. So many thoughts in my head all at once, but <laughs> Drew, what kind of brought you into entrepreneurship and to, to your, in your journey? Yeah. So, um, good question. My, my stepdad ran a business in Tucson. So I kind of saw the, the freedom that that brought for them. Um, total, like totally different business, like totally nothing, like not my path at all, but I saw like, okay, make a little bit more money, kind of set your schedule and just have that freedom. So I even started my LLC, my senior year in college and my original, business model was to do fitness programs for after school um, for kids, right? To like help kids prepare for sports because I felt like, hey, it didn't work for me. I need to help these kids do that. And that, um, it started off, I got some partnerships with the school districts and just getting kids to sign up and get that marketing piece was not fast enough for me to have a full-time job after like college to, to that. So that's how I kind of started off and realized through that process I would love to work with kids and we still do have some some programs for kids that we run but 
all behavior change happens at home with the parents. So now I'm realizing to create any impact, I got to uh, work with people just like myself first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is so true. And I think Shelly and Kelsey, you probably see this as well as it's like, you're, our kids are looking up to us, right? So like my little daughter, my two-year-old, we have a gym in our garage, our home gym that we built in because co- of COVID. And I'm like out there working out and then she lays next to me and she's trying to do a plank and she's watching. And then my middle son's like trying to jog in place, but quickly getting out of breath, but we're working on it. <laughs> um, so it's so. Can I pause there real quick about the out of breath thing? Yeah. So we have two different energy systems, uh, fast twitch and slow twitch and slow twitch is like hiking. And some people just don't have those muscle fibers, like long distance runners have them. Um, so maybe your son is just going to be like really good, short distance, fast burst guy. And that long stuff just isn't for him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's why I chose volleyball, (laughs) short spurts of rallies and then recover. (laughs) That is a good point. Maybe that's why he likes soccer and hockey. Cause you know, you like change out, right? Right. 30 seconds of go, go, go. And then change out. Yeah. And I mean, soccer at his age, like there's not long running. I guess when you get up there, there's more running, but, um, oh, that's a good point. Thank you, Drew. Yeah, for sure. It's just like some kids, some people, it's not happening. (laughs) He might be that kid. (laughs) It's it's interesting. It came up with both of of all three of you is, uh, the difference between sports and fitness or, or the preparation or what it takes or just kind of that mindset. It's interesting as I'm, as I'm getting older and uh, having to switch that mindset in myself. And I'm wondering how much time like you guys each spend really thinking about sports and that sort of mentality versus getting someone in a place where their lifestyle is physically fit. Yeah. I think for us, you know, right now work, we're working with prenatal, you know, so, so pregnant moms, um, moms that have had babies in the last six weeks to six years. And then also beyond that, right. Women who have, have school age kiddos. And I think for us, it's so often more about, we have a lot of what they call themselves former athletes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we're like, no, that's, that's still in there. Right. Just because you, you aren't using that doesn't mean that you're not still athletic. Right. So I think for us, it's almost more just like, no, that's still you, like you're, you're still there. Um, but yeah, it's funny, you know, different things that we do. You can tell women that have, have that competitive kind of athlete driven mindset versus someone who hasn't had that background. Um, and sometimes when you're postpartum, you're like, whoa, whoa, right. Like we're not competing right now, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's funny cause it's always in there. Right. I think when you have that background, so. I think for me, uh, relating it to sports and like the people I work with now, I view it as like my sport's different now. Like my sport now is like being able to get up and go do my job really well and like stay in the moment, stay focused and get home and be there for my family and like be active for them too. So if I can, I try to kind of teach people like, Hey, this stuff matters, not just for your weight, not just for your health, but also so you can do kind of your obligations that you're supposed to do every day. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to even add, like, sometimes it's really kind of weird to think about it this way, but sometimes I feel like motherhood is their sport. So, you know, you have to stay active. You have to, you know, and sometimes moms 
even the ones that get sick still have to do the mom things that they do, right? Second pregnancy is no joke. (laughs) And so it's kind of like, you know, there's no time off for them. You have to be active in order to be able to first not get sick very often. And second of all, to be able to push through to keep your tiny humans well. It's so true. Like sometimes on the weekends, I'll look at my my watch and I'll have like 15,000 steps. And literally all I've done is chase children through my house or clean or do whatever. And it's right. It, you know, that takes some endurance. So I'm always, I keep asking this question um, and maybe there's never an answer, but I, I'm always curious of like all of the clients that you guys work with, like what can you, is there a commonality about like what help someone be more successful in the consistency piece with their health and wellness journey. Because for me, like I'm really strong for a good 90 days or so. And then I got to crash and burn for a while. So is there anything that you guys notice with your clients, people that are super successful, do they have something in common? Yeah, I think it could be a number of things, right? Mm -hmm. But one big thing is just, you know, making it a part of your, of just like who you are, right? So this is part of what I do and it might look different on different days, but I'm always going to show up for myself in this way and, and, and planning it, right? So that accountability and, and creating the time, you know, whether, whether you're a mom, that's what we're working with or, or, you know, just an entrepreneur, someone in the workplace, right. And just building that and having it be part of your schedule. So I, I feel like for, for me, when we see most successes is those two things, right? So it's who you are. It's, it's what you want to do. And right. And then when you start to get in the hang of it, you feel better, right? So then that kind of gets the ball rolling, but then also just scheduling it. Right. And I think sometimes we, we don't want to schedule the things that are for us, but this is non-negotiable, right? This hour of stroller strides or this hour of going to the gym or whatever it is, this is what it is. And, and yeah, I don't know. I just think those two pieces, our clients are most successful when they find those two things. Good. Drew, what about you? Yeah, I think, um, I really like what you said about like kind of changing your identity. Like if you identify as someone who prioritizes your health, it definitely changes a lot. And honestly, before COVID, I used to think like, Hey guys, just do a strength training program or like a, you know, total body program three days a week and all your problems will be solved. And then like realizing that that's not necessarily happening for people because there's so many obstacles with sleep, nutrition, stress that aren't being addressed. So what what I've done this last year is kind of adopt more of a coaching model where with our um, private clients, we just kind of work on one habit a week. So let's say someone is skipping breakfast and it's like, all right, you know, our daily check-in is sending me a picture of your breakfast. How'd that go this week? Um, So that's definitely one thing is like, Kind of like you said, Jennifer, with that 90 days of super motivated, let's try not to do all those things for the 90 days and just like pick a few that you can then change. Um, for example, it might be adding in a walk every day that you didn't do before or something like that. And then so that thing is huge. It's just focusing on small things at a time, at least for, for long-term success. And then uh, helping people navigate activities they enjoy, like not making them do a, a burpee if they don't want to and not making them do a run if they want to walk. So just really being adaptable and meeting people where they're at because everyone's health is, is not where it was this time last year. So just, just being empathetic and less of a hardcore trainer (laughs) this year and beyond. Yeah, no doubt. And I feel too, like, so I, I love what you're saying and just lifestyle changes as opposed to like something else. Right. So like taking those tiny step-by-step pieces, you know, and I, I think that's so important. We, we have 
16 women running through uh, what we call our body well program right now, where literally every week is just one thing, exactly what you're saying, right? It's, it's one thing that we're focusing on. And this week it's like simple ingredients. That's it. Right. All we're talking about is eating simple. Right. And it's, it's easier, you know, and the next week will be sleep. That's it. I think that's so important. I think that makes it more within reach for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't seem like this big mountain I have to climb. Mm-hmm. And then also too, with that is the time frame. You say you're great for 90 days. Well, this, that, you know, it's like a phase then you've only used it as a phase. You actually didn't, I don't know, embrace it enough in order to keep it going for later than 90 days for more than 90 days. So, yeah, well, that's good. This is all reassuring because I feel like I'm on the right track then because this year I decided that like, I was going to do those like baby steps. Um, I listened to a really interesting podcast that was like, if you can get a habit into where you don't have any thought, like we don't really think about getting up and getting dressed or brushing your hair or your teeth or any of those things. Like if you can get to that level, then it just becomes, it's that shift that you guys are talking about. It's that mindset, like this is who I am. So that's what I've been working on. And we are February and it's still going strong. So I guess check back with me in April and we'll see where, <laughs> where, where we are. But um, I think that's so important is the mindset piece. Cause if you try to like, you know, you come in with like a week goal or, a, or an event or something, it's really just like a band aid on like the deeper issue of, and that's helpful too, to think about like the end result. What do you want? Like it's, it's cause for me, like, I don't really enjoy exercising. I just never have, I don't really, but I enjoy being able to go on a hike with my family and not be exhausted for the whole um, day or to run around and chase my toddler. So I think helping your clients, which um, I've participated in Fit for Mom, and I know you guys do that, like help them envision, like, what is the end goal? What are you working towards? And I, I can only assume you, you do similar things with you, with your clients as well. Yeah, just um, I try to hit home on just like you said, Jennifer, like, like, what is the lifestyle thing that matters for a lot of us? We actually, one of our big private clients is a private golf club. And for a lot of those people, they've got grandkids, they are just coming out of retirement, they're very non-health conscious, but now they want to play golf. They want to play pickleball and they can't. So yeah, I try to play on, you know, what is that, what is that outcome goal that you're going to benefit from that's outside what you're eating, what you're doing, um, what you're doing physically, but also that you're going to enjoy. One thing that, one thing that's interesting that for me helps, I know is, I mean, part of it's an accountability thing. And part of it's just that I'm a social creature is this connectivity to a community of people with the shared goals and not even that they're necessarily the exact same goals, but that they're uh, people that are prioritizing some of the same things. And so I just know that it, you know, if I like movies, I don't like to go to the movies by myself. And so when I get into this, this fitness thing where all of a sudden it's all on me and I have to figure it out and keep myself accountable and hold myself accountable it's such it's such a harder time in lifestyle than like fit Vermont being involved in a group like that or like at max six where we've got the uh, the fit trail and things in this community of people that are coming together and not that it necessarily has to be all about the other people but it just is such a it makes whether you're working out or training for something or just being physically fit more fun yeah mm-hmm. and I feel like you know we're we're meeting our clients at such a transitional period in their lives often that um, just basing everything in community is really the key for us, right? Just being around other people that can say, yeah, me too. Or I know someone who has experienced that or you're not alone, you know, whatever for us, then it's, it's like, 
wow, like there's so many other positive emotions tied to the fitness aspect, right? We say it's it's kind of a, a joke, but you come for the workout, stay for the community, right? Like <laughs> that happens second most often, but almost is the more important part. I think what you're saying is exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so Drew, you also work with um, a clientele that it's, I think, hard to prioritize health and wellness as well. Um, busy professionals. I know like at Max 6, we have a bunch of entrepreneurs who are busy building things and companies and businesses. And a lot of times we get, yeah, I'll work out when, you know, I'm Elon Musk or something like I don't have time for that right now. Um, so how do you encourage your clients to make time for themselves? And is that true? Is my assumption of my experience of professionals, is it, is it hard to get them to make time? So in my experience, there's two different types of like, like subsets of people here, like in the busy professional world, there's those that are, haven't prioritized health because they were healthy. And now 15 years fast forward, they've had kids, they're unhealthy, they've never exercised, and they're just starting. So that's like where you want to start them with just a walk around your fit trail there. And and that's it, right? But then on the flip side, like high performers, I have clients that they're at the gym seven days a week, because they know it's the only thing that's going to help them stay mentally fit or mentally stable. So it, it's kind of a, a middle ground. And, and what I'm finding is people are people who are doing it successfully are finding ways to include health in their business structure. So um, I don't know if you all have heard of the book, The Ultimate Sales Machine, but they talk about it's, it's a marketing book and it talks a lot about exercising with your clients or with your prospects because it really builds that relationship and with that trust. So as an entrepreneur myself, or as one starting up, with a team or with prospects or with clients, if you can include like a healthy lunch, if you can include a group workout or include that somehow in your workflow, I think it's super important. So like, for example, with my team, I have a small team of coaches that serve our clients as well. And we meet for, for walks, like our meetings, we just, we just walk. Right. And usually for me, it's like, this is going to be something that I usually don't do. Get me outside and help reduce my stress. So just teaching them to fit it within their work schedule each week and also showing them how they can benefit financially, professionally from, from uh, getting around people and, and getting their health on as well. That's a super smart idea. I, I was noticing that there's a commonality between the two different groups that you guys work with. And, and really the key is people who prioritize, and maybe this is common sense, but it's like a light bulb moment for me. People who prioritize their health and wellness are the high performers in like any category, right? In, in motherhood and business and life. Um, and so I guess it's just convincing the rest of us because that's probably what, like 20% and then we have 80%. So a lot of questions that we get, um, when we, when we have our trainer on site and stuff is, is, wow, I'm so overwhelmed. How do I get started? So what advice would you each give to somebody who, who's wanting to start the journey? Yeah. Sorry. Anyone can start. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? I think not trying to do it all at once. Right. And I think for, for our clients, it's different than for other people, because for for us, it's often, it's, it's like, I don't know this body and I don't know this role, right? Like, I don't, I don't know this. Right. So it's, it's, it's intimidating to come to a group of people in, in, in regardless. Right. And then you're learning so much about you. So for us, it's just, meeting them where they're at and, and, and saying like, just walk, right. Just, just take the first step, just show up to class. Right. For us. Cause our, you know, a lot of our 
new moms, it's group classes, right? Just show up. And if you don't do anything else besides get to class, like mm-hmm. that's a win. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for us, because of the, the clientele that we're working with, I think just taking that first step is huge because then you realize that everybody else around you is just like you too, you know? And yeah, I think, so I think obviously for our clientele, that's where I would start. <laughs> I mean, that's good life advice too, right? Just show yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Drew? What would you say? That's so true. So um, my model has always been for at least the clients that we work with is fix sleep first. Cause what I find in the professional setting, we're so caffeine, go, go, go driven, maybe sleep four to five hours. It's broken. We have kids waking up in the middle of the night, which I've got, you know, two at home and it's crazy sleep right now. So uh, research and experience shows that if you're not sleeping, your goals are really hard to get to. So we try to address that first with people. And then um, just like you said, uh, Shelly, with like learning your body, we have this program, it's called Mindfully Strong. And it's five weeks of like bodyweight exercises. And it's all about learning how to move your spine, learning how to control your core, learning how to move your shoulders and hips. Because a lot of people just, just don't know that. And if they get into a weight training or gym setting, not knowing that, they're much more susceptible to injury or just um, it helps with the confidence piece too. Because like they know their body a little bit more privately. And then if they want to go join that group fitness class or go to the gym, they just feel more confident and competent in, in doing so. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, I was just thinking something just popped into my head when you were saying that, that they don't even like even just posture, mm-hmm. even just like body alignment, like they don't realize that their shoulders are way ahead of their hips or, or whatever, you know, like just, let's just put our hips where they're supposed to be and our shoulders where they're supposed to be. And I think, um, in the virtual world, they get to see themselves on the screen and then their posture sort of changes. They're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah, all of us are like. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's good and bad, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, one of our clients is the city of Goodyear. And we've done like three or four different bouts of a posture enhancement program. And each week we just address like, like head and neck, uh, mid-back, hips, and then lower body. And man, it's, it's life-changing for people. And I think too, it's like, Hey, this is exercise, but not in a form you've seen before. Right. We have so many clients who are like, man, my wrists are really bothering me. And we're like, yeah, that's because you're holding a child for 15 hours a day. Like that's (laughs) normal. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, right. How am I holding? You know? And then just so simple. Right. And, and then compound that with our working moms who are like then sitting at the computer and maybe they're doing both right right, right now. So, so funny, just the yeah. life stuff that is maybe the most important part. So mm-hmm. right. we live in these bodies our whole entire lives and yet they're so foreign to us. Like that's so <laughs> crazy. And it is very true. Like for when I, um, every pregnancy was different and every time I was like, oh, now here's this new body that I have no idea what's going to happen or what's going to work. And and that was one of the best things about Fit for Mom. There were literally moms who were like, oh, oh no, that's normal. Or they clued me into wear black pants to workouts because, you know, sometimes like my first time, which cover your ears, gentlemen, but my first time when I went on a run, I'm like, why are my pants all wet? And they're like, oh, just wear black pants. It happens to most of us. And it's like, what is going on? What is this body? And so, um, um, our trainer at MXX works with me all the time on, on posture and, and then, and the things that we do with keyboards. So it's just so fascinating that we live here our whole lives and we have no idea. 
But you got me thinking a little bit, Drew. So talk to us a little bit about your company and, and what clients you serve and your clientele so our listeners can better understand and um, who an ideal client is for you. Yeah, so my company, Team Up Health and Fitness, pre-COVID, like 90% of my focus was corporate fitness and corporate education, where we'd come on site and do corporate education on um, different health and fitness topics, really relating to starting a fitness journey and maintaining it, right? And stress reduction. We had some on-site gyms that we managed for, for client companies here. So, so my big task last year was like transferring those virtual, right? But so my team could maintain their, their work. So once that was successful, I was like, Hey, what the heck am I going to do? Because there's not a lot of open on-site corporate gyms right now. So I've really kind of evolved my business over the last year to more of an online coaching model for, for individuals working with a lot of busy professionals on just kind of addressing those small needs, but also providing the exercise component they can kind of do from anywhere. So I've been using an online like coaching tool for years and never using it with clients. I just kind of had it to learn the software. And this year I've been able to, to plug it in and they've adapted a lot with um, kind of the functions to it. So for me, a real ideal client is, is anyone that's like ready to exercise, but doesn't necessarily have the time or consistency to meet with the trainer in person and definitely has access to like, you know, a simple gym or some simple equipment at home. That's just really looking for consistency, accountability, and a more um, adaptable approach where, you know, we're going to kind of meet you where you're at and then where you at and then coach you through that process. That sounds awesome. But it also sounds like a lot of changing through the last year. Um, and that's impressive that you were able to pivot. I know um, that's what a lot of, well, most small business owners last year ha- were faced with. Um, I, we always like to um, talk about entrepreneurship as well, because we have a lot of listeners who are fascinated with entrepreneurship. So maybe talk a little bit more about that process. Like how was that through transitioning, pivoting? And then what do you see the future for you? Yeah. So um, just to paint some pictures on the transition, the golf club site I mentioned earlier um, is a fitness center where we were managing like 30 plus onsite classes a week. So then it was like, Hey, we got to make zoom links for all these. We got to put some promotional materials and then teach our, our, you know, recently retired people how to use zoom and exercise from home. So, um, luckily with the shutdown here, it was kind of like client by client. So it was like, Hey, Monday it happened. I could focus on this client. We get that done next client, et cetera. So, um, that was just like, it was just crazy. And, and I really had a lot of anxiety at the time because we just didn't know what the future was going to hold at all. Like, was this permanent? Was it five days? Was it five years? So planning one- for two weeks, Drew, we were like, we got this. We yeah. got this. <laughs> just, just today I ordered a new camera for my computer so I can enhance my virtual stuff. Cause I'm like, uh, this is happening all year. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. So, I mean, looking back, um, I've learned a lot to like keep people engaged that are within our client companies without being on site. So I've learned a ton. And as far as the future going forward, I really want to focus on that individual coaching platform just because I've seen that like my, my sister-in-law was my dummy coach. She's 30 or my dummy first client. She's like 36 years old, hasn't had kids, but was doing Peloton like seven days a week and could not get her results. So I'm like, listen, you need to do strength training buy a TRX. I'll set you up with some programs from home. So now she's got a home gym. But just the impact and the change for her and how easy it was for me to coach her through that, I'm like, maybe there's something to this and I should be doing that more. So I want to keep that going. And we now have an online virtual program for companies that's pretty low cost. So like 
you know, your employees have access to a, to a six class per week virtual schedule and they can re- access the recordings. So I'm going to keep that going just because it's been a good, um, good way to keep our coaches involved. And then I'll definitely continue our virtual education for our corporate clients. And that's just good for like, let's say a company's got, you know, 200 employees and they have a wellness program, but they need someone to come in and educate on posture, educate on back pain or educate on at-home exercise. Been doing that a lot too. So those are two, the kind of three aspects that I'll continue to, to grow and, and maintain at least for the next, you know, year or two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very cool. What do you see? What, I mean, there's been changes in that we've all had to deal with as entrepreneurs, as parents, as just a human being going through COVID in the last year or so. How much of your roles do you guys see is actually the physical fitness part of it versus Drew, you brought up sleep. I mean, we both of you brought up uh, stress management, uh, like all of these other parts of it that aren't, I guess you wouldn't necessarily think immediately are, what do I look like in the mirror or, or you know, can I run five miles? How, how much of you do you guys focus on those parts of it? Yeah, I think, man, it's been, I mean, for everyone, right? It's been a hard, it's been a hard 11, we're at 11 months, right? I know. Um, and, and I think it's, it's impacted every facet of life. And I think for us, it's, it's providing that community and, um, and kind of just giving you other things to, to think about too. You know what I mean? I think our, our clients have been, you know, virtual school or not virtual school. There's been, you know, so many challenging decisions to make. We've got you're working from home. Your spouse lost their job. You lost your job. Everybody's working from home and you've got three kids supposed to be doing virtual school. You know what I mean? And just all the different layers of, of everything. And then just, you know, balancing the fear the you know, all the different things that maybe you're feeling, maybe you're not, and maybe your neighbor's feeling, and maybe they're not right. And that's, I think that's, what's been really hard on everybody, but you know, from, for our clients, it's just been like, we're here. You know what I mean? And, 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 and let's talk about it. We've been, we've definitely had after our workouts, we're very, we're, we have half our clients still on virtual workouts as well. And, you know, they hang out afterwards and talk on zoom. Right. And that's been like healing for them, you know, and cause they would do that after their in-person workouts. So I, I just feel like there's a lot of like layers of everything that's happened and, and the fitness aspect has been important, but just having the community, I think has been 10 times as valuable for our clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you guys half virtual, half in person? Is that like, how are you, your workouts working right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a wild ride. So we took everything. We had no virtual, uh, aspect of our business prior. Um, and basically in two days took everything prior. So a schedule of like 20 some classes virtual and virtual. Uh, <laughs> and we stayed that way through um and then in the summer we we took just a couple classes in person um because we had the ability to do so and then starting in October now we're at about 50-50 yeah it's been it's been a wild ride learning we didn't know you know we've never taught a virtual mm-hmm. fitness class in our life and we're competing with beach body who's like doing you know and we're like no 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 we can do this too we can do this <laughs> yeah we got this we can do this i know we talk about often like if this pandemic would have happened even 10 years ago like what would we have done because like thank goodness there is the technology to be able to pivot um 
But you you guys were also relatively new franchise owners, right? Because if it's eight months, so you guys were like seven months in or so, and then pandemic hits. That's a big curveball to a new business. Yes, yeah. it we, was frightening. We didn't even we didn't even get a chance to like really, really like develop, right? We had a grand um reopening or a grand opening for new owners or whatever, and then three months later, boom. Yeah, we're going all virtual and we didn't even like get to really get to know our, our members. Yeah, I think because we took over an existing franchise, we were still in the like learning phases um, and then everything, everything changed. And, and honestly, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's been really cool in hindsight because we've gotten to know our clients that did stick around. Yeah. We are, it's like the community it's has tight. just gotten so much tighter. And I'm sure Drew, you feel that way with your clients too, that it's, that have worked through the process with you. It's been, you know, the thing I'm most proud of, of us through the process is we just served our, our community. Mm -hmm. And, and because we just gave and we were like, okay, here's what we're going to do for you. I hope, you know, and what else do you need? You know, and we just served. And I feel like because of that, everything really came together tighter and, and, and don't get us wrong. Like it was, it was hard and and we lost a lot of clients, but the ones that stuck and, and now we're in the growing phase again, and it's been really cool. And I, I'm just really grateful. That's the thing I'm most proud of is we really just tried to pour in Mm -hmm. when things were hard, you know? Well, and we were, we were in it ourselves, right. With our own families. So all the fear was there or, or whatever it was, but it was so, it was, it, there was still a lot of love. You love what you're doing. You love to be active. You love your members. There's still so much that, that made you like want to share, want to listen and serve, you know, like there was a lot there. So, yeah, Max Six was similar because you know we are a co-working space and commercial real estate, and we have private space as well. And so when the pandemic hit and people were going to be working from home, we too were like, okay, well we can figure this out for a couple of weeks. And now here we are, eleven months later. And so we've all—I mean, our whole purpose around Max Six has always been very community oriented. Um, but in those first months, we had to shift a lot of things. We offer virtual offices now. Um, We had a lot of online learning sessions and just community things of like, hey guys, like, how are you? What's going on? What do you need? Um, Because we had all of the businesses inside of our spaces were trying to figure this out. Um, And I think the one silver lining perhaps is that we were all going through it together, although we were experiencing it very differently, right? Right. there are different things that were happening to different people, but but I do feel, and Kelly, you have to tell me if you agree, our community came together um, and is much more close knit than perhaps pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other the other thing I noticed too, I mean, I keep learning this over and over in life. I guess as I as I go, is it, it kind of goes along with that just show up, but it's it's uh, we're much more adaptable creatures than we think we are sometimes. And if you sat here now thinking, okay, if I want to start a new business, what if the pandemic happens or what if something, you could never plan for everything, even if it's normal times and there's not a a global pandemic and everything, you know, we're six months into starting a business and all of a sudden we have to go totally virtual, but yeah, just, just start, just start something. And I think that's uh it's something, whether it's physical fitness or in entrepreneurship and something we see all the time is 
uh, these startup companies that think, okay, when I'm the size of Whole Foods or Amazon or one of these much bigger companies, that's that's when I'll start doing some of these things that they're doing, like focusing on what my purpose is or serving my community instead of just trying to make payroll or some of these things that just make sense. And if you just start small and start something and just think about these things, just have a consciousness of them, whether that's entrepreneurially related or personally related or physical fitness. I think it's just a continued learning that, hey, get started and things are going to change. And that's what happens. But, you know, we'll adapt as creatures. And I think all of us are, you know, are, as Jen said, our our purpose at Max 6 is building better communities where people and businesses thrive. I mean, all of us on here, I think, understand the the role that community plays in there too, to helping along the way. And there'll be bumps and bruises, but that's part of the fun story when you get on the other side. Yeah. I feel too, like the businesses and, you know, in the fitness world, but so so much more than that, right. Outside of that, the, the businesses that survived all of this were the ones where the leadership really just said, how can I serve, you know, and just, and just kept showing up, like you're saying. And, um, and I feel like the ones that were focused on the wrong things or, or didn't have the ability to look beyond just themselves. I think that those are the ones that struggled more. You know, we all struggled. Everybody had to pivot so much. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think good leadership shined really bright in 2020, right? Like if you, if you, and maybe, maybe the better way of saying that is poor leadership didn't shine bright. Right. So I don't know. I just think that that was as an entrepreneur and even as a, new entrepreneurs, it was like, okay, I'm glad we did that right. Cause that was scary. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that was a, when the pandemic happened, it was a pivotal moment for leadership, right? You had leaders had two choices. They could step up or they could fall down or hide. And there was like nowhere to hide. Like everyone, if you were a leader, everyone was looking to you of like, what's going on, what's going to happen. And I, I've said this way too many times than I should, but I was so impressed. Um, I was on a call in March when this all happened um, with Patrick Lencioni, which is, um, he wrote Five Dysfunctions of a Team and a bunch of leadership things. And his advice, it, was, it wasn't just me and Patrick. I like to imagine that it was, but it was, it was a big call. And there were, you know, large company CEOs and those different things. And he said this, like, you can just like right now, this is a moment where you will be either a leader and a leader is defined as people will follow you or you'll be realized that you aren't a leader. And what you need to do is kind of what you were saying um, is pour into your people, find out how they're doing, show up. We know that you're going through the same things, but if you can be a present and just really show up for your people um, and take time. And they, some of the advice you guys would appreciate, they were saying, give your people space to process this, give them time to like go for a walk, to, to make sure that they're taking care of themselves because um, with so much uncertainty and change, it's just it, humans do not like either of those things. So <laughs> it sounds like uh, without even knowing, or maybe you do know Patrick, but maybe without being on the call, uh, you were taking his advice. And um, he showed some great companies, like he did a follow-up call and he talked about some CEOs who really leaned into that and how much more successful they were through the last, I think it was in like December that he did it, How that period of time. So it's really, really interesting an interesting time when we think about like our kids will read about this or maybe our grandkids in in history books it's so so wild to know that we are part of it so um we only have about 15 minutes left but i want to talk about a little bit about if we fast forward 
through the craziness that we're in today, like what do you guys see as the future of the health and wellness world? So Drew, how about we start with you? I think one is a lot more robust home gyms, right? Like you said, you know, you built a home gym. I've got some friends in Tucson that one guy, he's getting a crate, like a moving crate put in his backyard and he's going to insulate it, put concrete flooring and put a squat rack in there. And it's going to be his gym. And then his brother just got one of those mirrors on the wall where it's got all the, um, the resistance with it. So I think people are going to invest in that stuff and really take some, really take some pride in their health because it's scary. You know, people that were healthy passed away with COVID. So it's like, it's a crazy year. So I think that's going to change for sure. And I think too, um, like the ladies have been saying, the community approach and like, as, as a trainer, now looking at myself as a coach, I'm realizing like when someone hires a personal trainer and you talk to them about sleep and nutrition, they're like, dude, I hired you for a workout. And you're telling me all this other lifestyle advice I couldn't care about, right? So I think just um, fitness professionals in general marketing themselves as a more of a coach and people just being more open to having that personal relationship that's so much more beyond just the exercise itself. So um, those two things is like custom customizing your area for exercise. Maybe that's a boot camp nearby. Maybe that's a sweet custom home gym. And then also just the um, the more connection and community with the coaches and with clients. Yeah. And, and a more holistic approach, right? So people being more open and, and also I think a big part of it is education. Cause I think at least for me, once I understood the like correlation or connection, this is a better word between like, Oh, you're, you have a newborn and you're only sleeping two hours a night. Well, that's probably why you're exhausted or you're not meeting your goals or whatever. Or even now without that, like just understanding that like stress affects you and sleep and what you put in your body I saw a Noom ad on Facebook and I felt very attacked by it because it said, you can't outrun your bad diet. And I literally had like just eaten pizza and was like, told myself, well, I run every day, so it's fine. And I was like, well, how do you know this? So I don't know how they know it, but it, but it was like, oh, that's very, it's fine. It's true. It's fine. One other thing that I'll add that I think is going to change is like diet culture. So like food shaming, I think that's going to go away soon when people realize they can still have those foods and like maintain a physique that they're comfortable in. Yeah. So if you're listening, Noom, but although Noom does a good job, like it's like colors and you can eat whatever you want. It's just like proportion and stuff. Yeah, for but, sure. But that add, or maybe it was like just my thought process, my own shaming. Notes, so. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think that that thinking is going to go away. 10 years, maybe. <laughs> oh, good. I hope the quality of the food ingredients is, goes up, though. <laughs> that will make it so much easier for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think the virtual world is here to stay, right? So we, mm-hmm. we plan to have a portion of our schedule be virtual for the rest of eternity. Um, we don't think that's going away. And, and I think for a couple of reasons, right? I, you know, I think there's health and safety reasons, but also now the, con- the convenience and knowing that we can bring our products to you just the way the big conglomerates are bringing it into your house as well. And then I think the other thing is just normalizing so much more, I think within fitness, but you know, fitness and motherhood, health and motherhood and and health and everything, health and life. Right. And like you're saying, Drew, just ending food shaming and, and, and just normalizing so much more and, and learning because there's so much more out there that just because you don't fit in this box doesn't make it wrong, right? So whatever works for you, there's going to be a community of people or there ought to be that are going to meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. 
And by the way, Drew, we are one of those people. My husband and I have talked about doing a tough shed in the backyard and making <laughs> it a kick butt workout place. <laughs> well, here's the power of community. Now I don't need one. I'll just come over to your guys' place. Right. <laughs> I'll rent it out. <laughs> There's entrepreneurship piece, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we always have a couple questions that we ask at the end of every show that's completely unrelated to anything that we have been talking about, um, mostly because Kyle and I are just curious beings and we like to ask questions. So Kyle, do you want to start with your question? Yeah, I just, before I ask the question, it's just in my head that uh, I think a lot of the things you guys have touched on are things that we, I have heard, and you know, to some degree in some way, uh, but I'll make a commitment that uh, I'm going to find at least one meeting next week that I'm going to do while I'm walking. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. And I think, you know, you hear these things, but like how it's so easy to really just pick one thing and just go do it. And so whether, whether I show up at your house, Jen, and we go for a walk or uh, if I'm in the office with or with uh, some of our other team, we'll, we'll see, but that's, that's a good, simple thing, I think, to start. Woo-hoo! Yes. <laughs> The the question I have for each of you is, what is your favorite book of all time? I okay. I feel like I'm a little blinded right now because of the book I just finished. I I love to read, and there's so many good ones. Um, but I just finished Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and I can't like it changed my life. So I am like three quarters of the way through that book. It is amazing. So good. I crack. Like I, yeah, it's so good. I, there's so many good, so many good books, but that one, I literally just finished it on, on Friday and I'm, I want more. I'm like, tell me more, teach me more. (laughs) That is so good. That's a good one. I just, well, not just, but recently, um, finished all the Rachel Hollis books. And then, um, the one I'm in now that I actually just started is the 10% happier. Mm -hmm. That yeah. by Dan Harris, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's so. Quick side tangent, funny story about Rachel Hollis. I am was like, I feel like everyone in my circle read her books a long time ago, and I was kind of like late to the party. And so Same. I read Girl Wash Your Face, and I was like, well, I fell in love with Rachel, and I was like, this is amazing, everything that I needed to hear. And I was also like, she is my relationship, like guide. I'm going to like look to her for, and then the next book she gets divorced. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, I, she's still a book and a lot of lessons, but I was like, maybe I shouldn't, not that I wouldn't take relationship advice, but I don't know. I was like, that's so funny that the person I pick. I feel like it's that thing though. I think I was like super upset about it too, because just because I felt like they kind of portrayed something and something else was going on behind, you know, but yeah, but for me, I, I think it's just a good reminder for all of us of like, it, the grass is not always greener. It's not always perfect. It's always going to take the work. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and I think that they're good, a good testament to that now too, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think her book, I didn't see that coming. Um, the way that she was just like so real and raw about it. And I think that helped me like release, like, cause we do put these people on this pedestal. I'm like, what do you mean? Like I was going to model my marriage after you. And now what do I do? But I was like, wow, they're humans too. And life is hard. And sometimes we have different paths and it was just, it was a good lesson, but I just thought it was kind of funny. I was like, yes, wait, 
(laughs) (laughs) But it's that normalizing thing, right? Like, I just feel like, again, like she's, you know, not something that we thought she was going to normalize, right? But just, I don't know. I thought that was, I was upset, but I thought it was powerful too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yes. All right, Drew, how about you? Feel so out of the loop. Like, I got to catch up on some. <laughs> some reading. Me too, but, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if y'all have heard of this book. I don't even know the author, but it's called The Secret. And it oh, was yeah. made into like a, a Netflix thing. So basically, it was my first, ex- I was probably 23 when I read it. And it was my first exposure to like what I felt personal development and like being able to manifest things that you wanted. Um, so from there, it just really opened up my perspective to life and to learning again, too. So that was a good kind of a, a catapult to more professional development for me. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been a while. I read that book a long time ago, but it was, it was powerful to think about like what you think, Karen always reminds me what you think about, you bring about and that, you know, just trying to um, be aware of your thoughts. Cool. Thank you. Now I was so wrapped up in all of your guys' books. I forgot what my question is. Oh, but now I remember. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, my question is what is one lesson we've talked about a few already, but what's one lesson that you learned through the pandemic that you want to bring forward with you into the future? It could be life, professional, any type of lesson. Whoever can think of it, the lesson can go first. (laughs) For me, it was uh, learning to say no, like being a young professional working, like my clients that hire me are 20 plus years older than me most of the time. So I felt like I had to people please a lot before the pandemic. And it kind of just gave me the opportunity to slow down and realize like, hey, I make the rules here. And yes, I have things I'm accountable to, but you don't have to sacrifice other things just to, to what I think would make someone happy. So that was definitely a big breakthrough for me this last year. Yeah, that's huge. That's big. I uh, I think for me, I'm a worrier, right? So I, I meticulously worry about all the things and always have worst case scenario. And I think when when everything, I thought you were making a face. You're like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but uh, I think when everything slowed down and I had so much less to worry about outside of my home, right? I mean, we had a lot to worry about with Fit for Mom, but not other things. There wasn't we weren't going and seeing people. We weren't, you know, there, there wasn't any volleyball. There wasn't a lot of things. I I think my biggest takeaway was like, we hear it all the time. And like you just said, like the things you think about, right. Are going to stick around and, and just realizing how much I can be at peace with things that I didn't know I could be at peace with, right. It's out of my control and I can be at peace with that. And I think over the last 11 months, because there was space to learn that lesson, I'm really grateful for that. And I think I'm, I'm better in all facets of life because of it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'd probably piggyback on that just a little bit because, well, I thought and did things the same way and was a worry wart at her age and was like a hundred miles an hour all up. And now that I'm a little older, well, seasoned, seasoned, <laughs> um, I, really push pause on all of that stuff. I've learned how to do that. And the pandemic, I want to say, totally opened it up to going, hey, this is so much healthier because going 100 miles an hour with worry or whatever is super unhealthy. And I've learned that about myself that, yeah, your organs just don't work as great and your mind gets foggy and it's not very fun to live in that state. And so I love to, I've learned to, 
push pause and go and just breathe and go, what is most important here? How are we going to get through this? What do we need to do different? What, what will work? And the thing is, is I, I hope I look at her sometimes and I'm like, okay, I need to calm her butt down, right? Like, how do I do that without being the mom here, but being the balance to whatever it is? And and it's fun to challenge myself to doing that without stepping on her and her experience, right? And and so I think the the pandemic has really helped me do that too, is slow down things and look in a bigger, you know, um, I don't know what's lens. that called lens. Yeah. yeah. Bigger lens than what it was prior to. Yeah. So <laughs> awesome. That's going to be such a, we could do a whole other show on what it's like to be a mother and daughter <laughs> business partner team with kids and grandkids. Right. Well, that's just it. Like I've, I've, I'm in it all at all at the same time. I don't go through phases. I've never really done that. So, cause I raised her and then I raised two more and still in it. And then grandkids are here and I'm, I'm, I had them all weekend last weekend. And I tell you, I was exhausted. I was exhausted with two toddlers. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. And I'm like, your mom is coming home tonight. <laughs> I, I started Max Six with my dad, so I have a lot of appreciation for the different hats you have to wear when you're running a business together. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so fun, though. Yeah. All right. So before we totally wrap up, uh, can each of you uh, just let anybody know who's listening how we can find you online? Go ahead, Drew. You go first. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so probably easiest on Facebook, just Drew Science or LinkedIn, Drew Science. We do have a, a free fitness community on Facebook as well. It's called Team Up Fitness Community, where just share simple at home um, exercise and meal tips, a lot of stuff on low back pain and meal prep in the group. So, so yeah, so you can find me. Great. Awesome. Uh, you can find Fit for Mom. We have there's locations all over the valley, but we obviously are in fit, are in Tempe, Chandler, and Gilbert. Um, and we are fit for mom, Tempe Chandler Gilbert on Facebook and, uh, Instagram or fit for mom TCG on Instagram. Right. But you'll find us either way. Um, and then all of the websites are tempe.fitformom.com. But if you use any of those cities, it's going to redirect to us. So you'll find us no matter what. Um, but yeah, there's fit for mom locations all over the country. So, um, I would encourage everybody to, to search that out and to encourage the women around them to find it too, because it's a great community. Great. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. So much fun. Nice to meet you, Drew. Yeah. Good to meet you too. That was awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work Water Cooler Conversations with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Each episode shines a spotlight on business leaders who are defining what a healthy and productive workplace looks like in Arizona and beyond. To be a part of the conversation, schedule a visit of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and connect with us at max6.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And now we're off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive. Mm-hmm.